I V M. The home and furnishing sector has, for the longest time, been one of those silent and often ignored sectors because there's a lot more action happening in other spaces. But that's fast changed in recent years. A, because of the advent of D2C marketplaces into the space and how the offline and online mixture has worked, especially in this category. And also because all of us have looked at home and furnishing in such a different light now in this, I can't even call it post-pandemic, this pandemic world where we aren't just working from home, we're working from our hometowns, we're moving back into cities, we're moving out of our cities, our furniture is moving with us or other furniture is coming towards us. To dig into this a little bit more, I have Naveen Morley on the show today. He's the Vice President and Head of Marketing at Pepper Fry. And I'm going to ask him a ton of questions so we can all understand a lot more about this space. I'm Varun Dugirala. This advertising is dead. Right back with Naveen Murli. Welcome back to Advertising is Dead. We talked to Naveen. Naveen, welcome to the show. Uh, you've come in uh, to talk about a sector which I have become very excited about in recent times. I think I've uh, it's a newfound love I found in the last couple of years. So I'm um, super excited to have you on the show. Glad to be here, Varun. I mean, equally excited. I've, I think, gone through a lot of your podcasts myself. So pretty interested you know, with what we'll discuss today. Let me first start off by getting a broad understanding of the landscape, right? If you look at this category, which is everything between furniture and, you know, Obviously, there's home decor and everything else. Um, it it wasn't as um, exciting a sector for most people to look at as and everyone says it's happening. Everyone knows it's needed. It was always there, a part of everybody's thought process, but it wasn't at its like level of excitement as we find it to be today. What has really changed in the last few years um, that's really kind of pushed this to the forefront, just in terms of a, a overall sentiment? So I'll put it like this, Varun. I think uh, historically, all of us uh, now, if you have to think back, right? A lot of our memories with respect to our homes, our grandfather's house, everywhere we'll have a lot of, we remember the home well, we remember everything in the house pretty well. It's just that uh, yeah. furniture buying uh, has always, and as I grew up also, furniture buying in the house has been a joint decision. Everybody used to be involved in what is required in the house. The way yeah. I think the business has changed over the years is I think as we were chatting earlier also, I think uh, as we grew up, we've had that neighborhood carpenter or let's say, uh, mostly the carpenter. I mean, I don't even remember going to a shop as I grew up to buy furniture. Yeah. Uh, neighborhood yeah. friendly carpenter who used to come and give a particular design for your home. What's changed in the last few years, if you ask me, is that is um, when people uh, who are coming to, let's say, uh, metros, right? There are modern uh, aspirants, people who have worked. There's a particular kind of TG out there who have seen, who have traveled the world, who have access to content, right, who otherwise are just traveling and get to know what more they want. Uh, they aspire for something more, right? They want more trends. They want more comfort. They want more variety. So over the years, what's happened is people were looking for options online. Somewhere around this juncture is where Pepper Fry was also born about 10 years back, mm. right? I think mm. the thought was how do we provide more options to people, more variety, more trends, okay, all of that. So in general... For a value-seeking consumer, where do you provide that value was the birth. Okay, I think so the furniture as a category has seen a, a great migration over, I would say, over the last few years, uh, where people shifted their buying from, let's say, a carpenter to a lot of mm. uh, retail shops to big box yeah. retail and also online, mm. right? I think that's been the yeah. journey. So everyone has gone through the shift. Today, 
uh, I would say that the mark the furniture market is massive, right? I think the as a category, it's a massive category. I think uh, not to put a figure out there by going a lot of estimates. All the players, if you take the top five players in the market put together, also uh, we wouldn't have mm. yet scratched the surface, right? I mean, it's, it's that large a surface, right? Because fundamentally, there is a way in which people have been shopping. So. I think what the category, what people are trying to provide is more excitement to a category which was traditionally not so exciting, right? Mm, yeah. You know, you, you mentioned one one piece which I think is an interesting aspect, right? um, especially furniture, something which people like to kind of touch and kind of feel and want to see how it actually looks because it's going to be in their homes, in their offices. Um, and well, Pepperoy started off as an online D2C marketplace. You know, there's, there's this move that has happened towards omnichannel, uh, where um, obviously there are there are offline stores, but still there's a strong online presence. Um, what have you seen from a consumer standpoint? This is what people prefer to kind of look at. I'm, I'm fine to just buy this online. Now I don't have to go to a store. But what have you kind of resoundingly seen that okay, people really do want to go to a store for X and Y? So how has that balance kind of come in? How what does the consumer want to do online, and what do they prefer to do um, at a store? So I, I just try to handle this in parts, right? Mm. Uh, so when you talk about online, okay, so I think why do people come online and what are their barriers to buying online? If you largely look at these, right? Mm. Uh, couple of things when we look across categories, right? Across, it's not just about furniture. People come online, one, because they think they get more value online. In general, better deals, offers, great pricing, all of that in categories, across categories, which tends to continue for even furniture furnishings, right? The second thing like is yeah. the options. You walk into a store, uh, you will get to see, let's say, uh, maximum four, I don't know, 10 sofa pieces. And you'll have to decide mm. between those, right? Or uh, decide to walk across 40 shops till you find the one which you love, right? Uh, yeah. What yeah. online furniture shopping did is one location, one destination where you could find all of us. Thirdly, yeah. we are, we uh, what Pepperfries also is, it's a marketplace, right? We are not selling mm. our brands alone. We have a plethora of options. Yeah. So it's technically like walking to, I don't know, 60,000 shops, right? It's just going to a lot of shops <laughs> to find the yeah. option that you like at your fingertip. And yeah. uh, the other side of it, right, which is what were the barriers to people buying online? I think if we wanted India to shop online, because we started fundamentally as a online marketplace. So when, you, when we wanted India to shop online, we had to understand what were their barriers also. While these are the triggers, if I put it like that, right? A mm. uh, couple of the barriers that people had was uh, people generally worried if you're ordering a non-standardized product, like you're ordering a mobile phone online, you know the specs before, you know exactly what you're buying into, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. In, in online, the problem was people were not sure what they ordered or what they saw on the mobile is what they would get, right? Their largest worry while shopping online was this, if I say one of the largest worries. So one thing we had to tackle was tell them our communication over the years for this category has been hence telling them what you see is what you get, right? Mm, mm. That's something we assure as a brand. Our experience over the yeah. years is telling you this, right? Which is one of the largest worries they used to have as a category, right? The second thing is, uh, I'll just try to partially now shift to the second question about studio that you're also trying to say, which will also address both together. Yeah. yeah. The other thing is also that uh, beyond the cities where e-commerce penetration was high, People had already started doing a lot of this shopping online for them. It was just a migration after moving from standardized products to non-standardized products and hence furniture fitted well into their comfort story where they didn't want to travel to 40 shops. I order online yeah, uh, yeah. along with my partner and together it gets delivered, right? Now, but when we are talking about reaching out to the 500 plus cities in India or beyond, let's say the metros, uh, people mm. still believe to, like you said earlier, uh, touch on wood or knock on wood, right? And figure out, how yeah. would they like 
uh, I, I went shopping multiple times before I have purchased on shops. I don't know what I understand when I knock on wood. But I just feel good. Yeah. Ki, haan, hai, you know? <laughs> so that's actually true. We've all knocked on wood so many times. I don't know. I don't think any of us really know what that means. Like I like I it's just that I, we've all picked up. I think you've seen and maybe our parents doing it. We just continued the process of, of just knocking as we've gone along. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I was just having this chat and somebody said, ki, what do you like? How do you realize when you knock on wood? This is right. I mean, nobody has an idea. People are just you just feel good about it. <laughs> so what we figured is Indians need to feel good about this, right? And hence, um, a couple of years back, we took the decision that we are now beyond online marketplace. The omni-channel as mm. an opportunity is massive and that's what Indians want, right? They they also, in these cities, want the comfort of having seen what they are buying into. Or the other thing is, uh, if you look at our classical target group, right? I, I would say mm. a lot of them seek validation. I mean, one is the decision of buying. Second is other than shopping online because I do really not know what is trending or what furniture color goes with the lighting in my room, right? Or Mm. the size of the room is so much, what should be the ideal size of the furniture? People do not know this and hence a guided purchase decision, right? Is something that they also look for, which is something else that the offline retail provided, right? You go to a store and you say my room is so much, they could. So that's when we took the journey towards Omnichannel and opened up actually studios across so there are two things. One is, like I said, people can touch and feel what they're buying into. But the larger part, I believe, which I think all of these people know, is we, I don't know decor myself. So if I was doing furniture for my home, I always yeah. wished I would take the support of somebody who knows the yeah. you know, field and explains it to me. And that's what the studios does. So today, uh, we would reach 100 to 150 studios across. You know, So that's a lot of places we are getting. Our ambition is to reach out to as many Indians through both these models put together. And the classical difference that our studios provide as against any other physical store, which is the other part which I wanted to bring in, is that our studios offer 60,000 furniture pieces, right? And mm-hmm. what, I, what I'm trying to say is you walk into any other store, you see the 10 pieces which I started off earlier with. Yeah. Whereas in our yeah. studio, while we have displayed some, okay, the majority of the sale actually happens on the assisted selling which happens on a computer. Because mm-hmm. now that they've seen this yeah. is a furniture motive, uh, we show them yeah. what is the fabric, for example. After that, we say this yeah. fabric, why don't you try in this design, right? And that's how the same yeah. happens. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting blend of digital to um to physical, right? Because that made it, and, and I think that's the most interesting aspect about bringing digital into a physical store is that A, you're suddenly saying, I'm not giving you just the 10 options you see, which is what, and I agree with you. Um, I have in the past walked from store to store, everything. Okay, I like one thing here, I like one more thing there. And it's this long process of things, but... Are you seeing that the in-store experience then evolves to saying, okay, we're going to help you across every aspect of you planning, putting it together. Um, and then you almost become a core part of the life cycle uh, for anyone doing their home now, but also then over time, adding more to it and going ahead. Yeah. What I also say, right. I think going to what you say is right. And what I also say is that is mm-hmm. the comfort that we bring in. Okay. Is let's mm-hmm. say somebody has shopped with us uh, sitting in uh, Kollam in Kerala, right. And he, yeah. has gone to a store there and purchased, right? He or yeah. she. And now let's say they migrate from there to, uh, let's say, Bangalore, right? And the comfort that we provide, you move to Bangalore or you move up to Delhi, right? You can go to the same yeah. Pepper studio, right? Yeah. You know that the store that you went to in Kollam, I can go to the same yeah. store in Delhi and purchase yeah. this product, which is a comfort which did not exist in the past in this category at least, right? As in... Mm. Most of the large retail players don't go beyond 23 cities, for example, right? 23, 24, 25. Yeah. 
So how do people yeah. get that comfort of a known brand which I've seen in offline? I'm talking only offline yeah. here. Uh, yeah. Give me access in multiple other cities. So that's another comfort also we bring in as a brand. You know, you uh, you mentioned the word migration a few times, and uh, while I rarely do this, I I'm intrigued by a, a term you used in a recent interview where you said uh, what you're seeing is the reverse of reverse migration. So if I didn't ask what that meant and and why you see this happening, uh, it, I would just be missing the opportunity to add another term to the listeners, uh, you know, vocabulary. Um, so what is reverse of reverse migration? Uh, so I'll put it like this, uh, a lot of our early business, okay, I'm saying early business came because people were moving from their hometowns to where they were working, right? And when they came to new cities, it was the easiest because you did not know the locality. Like, let me take the example, which I took earlier, you moved from uh, Kollam or Nagpur to Bombay and you do not know the locality and hence you do not have a carpenter that you knew that you could call. These are the people who shopped us with us first, right? Because they, this is the easiest access they yeah. had. The second thing that happened with uh, uh, the pandemic being around is that a lot of these people now went back, right? Because they could work from home. And hence, I would say that's what the reverse migration was all about. Because in the last couple of years, people went all back to their homes. Mm, And uh, now when they again went back to their home, again, there was another thing which worked for us is that people had to work from home. They needed work from home furniture, for example, right? So there's this entire wave that we saw and we are still seeing for that matter where the entire, let's say, uh, work tables, right, or chairs, etc., are picking up because people just wanted to get yeah. them to be more comfortable if you're sitting at home and working. What's exactly, happening yeah. uh, as we speak is a lot of India is opening up or has already opened up, right? And hence, a lot of these people who have moved from the 1 BHK, 2 BHK, 600, 800 square feet homes of, let's say, Bombay and gone back to their, with respect to Bombay, I would say palatial homes back in their villages. <laughs> yeah, anywhere else is palatial, <laughs> I agree. So, and now having lived there with that comfort, okay, and they're coming back to their business towns, let me call it, or where they work, right? Now, what is happening, the entire reverse of reverse migration I was starting is to is these people are now coming back and they are yeah. not coming back with the same mentality they first came to that town with. Now mm. they have figured they could have a great lifestyle mm. along with comfort and everything at their home and they don't need to compromise mm. on their lifestyle as they did first. Okay, yeah. and which yeah. is why we believe that now the reverse of reverse migration, which I was referring to, is all these people coming back. It's not similar. Mm. Their mentality, their place of being is not the same as they were before. And it is not just yeah. what to do with this. It's also got to do with how all of us individuals have changed over the pandemic, right? I mean, we are all, yeah. Yeah. we all take a little bit more care of ourselves than I think the people yeah. around today, right? Yeah. Uh, all that put together, I believe people will now invest a lot more in the space they are in. Um, mm. A lot more on comfort because earlier let's say we were saying there were sofas at home which were more great looking but when Mm. people had to sit on it uh, for 25 days they figured I need comfort right yeah so I think all of that is playing in now so the entire trend which is going to change I believe is people now coming back from a 2000 or a 4000 square feet home to an 800 square feet Mm. home will try to Mm. figure what are the comforts I can bring in how do I make this space a little bit more mine right so that's what I was referring to yeah I also think what's interesting about this is the fact that um, suddenly with all of us having Zoom backgrounds to deal with, you know, the people start to also look at the, I think the amount of people I have seen research aesthetics, even at a basic level for home, comfort, what you mentioned is, is I think so important. Right? We've all been sitting like, I've literally, where I'm sitting and, and, and we're doing this recording now, this table, this chair did not exist in this house till midway through the pandemic. 
where I said, I'm not working on the dining table anymore, right? Uh, so I totally, I, I relate with that so many levels. But what I've also seen is people are trying to figure out, okay, what can I kind of do? And I, and it's also, I feel the beauty of the online space is that once you start discovering one or two things, it becomes that the tendency to add to cart, if not actually hit buy, uh, is very high. Like you're going to keep those things around to think, I might want to buy these, might want to add these in there. So comfort, aesthetics, are you, uh, do you see any other aspects really kind of changing, especially as you as we go ahead, as this now we're kind of coming back to whatever, I, I hate to use the word new normal, so I will not use that term. I'll say the whatever state we seem to find ourselves in right now. Um, are you seeing more trends in terms of what people are gravitating towards within this category that, that are going to see a, a lot more growth? Um, so I'll put it like this, right? I mean, without getting into specifics. I would mm. say overall specialized needs will continue to evolve and emerge. And uh, mm. when I say specialized earlier, you needed a sofa. Okay, I'll put it like that. Uh, yeah. Today, when people in Bombay are looking for a coffee table, okay, they mm. really get a kick when a greatly designed coffee table has the entire uh, seating go into it, right? Because it's compact, mm. right? So yeah. while while compact has always been a need and ask, I think today the point is compact furniture sometimes never looked if I might use the word, uh, never look sexy, right? So if mm. you want to get great looking compact furniture, that's something people really, yeah. so in fact, we find people buying furniture while they're compact, not because they're compact, because they're great looking addition to their decor, right? Yeah. So I think the journey would be in general, I think specialized needs will keep evolving. Uh, and there are many, so without getting into it, I mean, today we have multiple of those which are very specialized categories within the category. So I think that's a trend mm. that will continue. It just like I said, while work from home was one of the specialized categories, we see a lot more trends that will emerge. Uh, but yes, that's one thing I think that will continue. The second thing is, I think Indians today, uh, I would say that generally when we travel, we have a habit of picking a lot of things on the way, right? Let's say I go to Uti, I go to uh, London, I don't know. You travel, you pick up things memorably to come back and put on your shelf, okay? I think yeah. in general, what will also happen now with people having spent a lot more time is uh, their spend on decor, in general, mm. at homes are mm. going to increase. It's not just while you earlier picked up when you traveled. I think today people invest a lot more sitting at home, right? Yeah. Uh, it is not just a collection of memories. It's a collection of how you want your space to speak for yourself. And I was like having the Zoom chat with one of my friends and uh, uh, he's a great fan of Rafael Nadal, right? So and he had a poster mm. put up behind because in his Zoom yep. video, he has that behind him, right? Because he mm. needs it. So I just see that people in general are investing a lot towards this. Again, if anybody's watching this video on YouTube and stuff, doing a podcast, literally behind me, you will see that there was a lot of stuff that was collected over the pandemic to go into at least this this part of uh, of where I sit. Uh, now, as this thing has kind of evolved, how is the, has the way you market to this consumer changed? Have you seen the way you approach the marketing focus? Um, has, has that changed? So I'll put it like this. Uh... The consumers, right, whom we were trying to reach out to, uh, because it's a vast universe, okay, and we are trying to reach out to some specific set within that. Uh, the mm -hmm. consumer that we are trying to reach out to, the journey they have undergone, right, over the, mm -hmm. I would say over the last 10 years, but also over the last, specifically last two years, etc. Yeah. Uh, we try to, one, be in sync with that, okay, uh, and what I'm saying is, one is emotionally, but secondly is also what are their needs in general with respect to time, right? So, um, I'll take this in three parts, if I may, right? So mm. one, I think that uh, it's very relevant that you speak the mindset or the mental mood they are in. So our communication in general, we try to sync with that because uh, 
there was a time i would put it like this we we run a campaign called furniture mania which is a time when a lot of furniture gets sold right and we were mm-hmm. running that and suddenly i think the second wave hit and we figured that's yeah. not the time we continue this right so we took it off and we tried mm-hmm. to connect with them on what they are otherwise needing right and that's the mm-hmm. time when we actually worked with our sellers everyone in general to ensure they are on track to what they are doing as a business uh, the yeah. second part is i was also thinking about uh, keeping this aside in general the channels through which we reached out to them so over uh, while we as a brand have been traditionally operating on all channels okay i'll say tv mm-hmm. outdoor digital all of them uh, over the last one one and a half years we have taken a call to move out of all of this and reach out to consumers through digital as a medium because one mm-hmm. people were indoor so it didn't make sense and doing a lot of outdoor uh secondly yeah. we found that a lot of digital consumption was happening which was being the trend i myself have seen a lot of sitcoms and series i otherwise wouldn't have so uh so i think we reached out to people digitally uh now that things are opening up okay i think we have reached to a point where we are now slowly going back to a mix of modes of channels so our campaign which happened the 10th anniversary campaign for pepper fry which happened in uh jan uh, our mm-hmm. campaign then was a mix of all of this like we traditionally used to do of course the percentages did get impacted by how we communicated and uh, thirdly is what i talked about the sentiments of their purchase prime behavior right so their needs mm-hmm. like for example we the entire work from home as a category which i was talking about earlier so a massive rise while diwali was ongoing there was a massive rise before and after that on that category as well so we knew if that's what people wanted to buy there's no point now you talking to them about this great lounger you should buy right yeah. so we try to figure out what is their needs and try to sell a lot of sale has happened also because of related categories of purchase like off you buy something and we talked about often bought with right why don't you try this if you're yeah. buying this yeah. etc so yeah. uh, uh, it's it's a mix of all of this i would say it's a uh, while there is uh, how do i say a million data points at work at the back end right the output of that is largely understanding what does the consumer want and what does mm. each individual consumer want differently and not saying one language to all and uh, which is our largest strategy if you ask me as a marketing going ahead also for this year and ahead which is uh, if you really need to talk to the consumer beyond the metros right and reach mm. out to let's say the top 80 cities etc it's very critical that you connect with each of them differently right and that's yeah. our larger approach that's going to be because we will want to talk to the person sitting in tirunelveli uh, in mm. a language or modality or a decor that he appreciates and understands so that's the mm. that's the journey that we want to make going ahead in our you know the next few years now i have a bunch more questions to ask you but i know we need to go for a break so one quickly do that me right back with advertising instead Welcome back to Advertising is Dead. We're still talking to Naveen. Um, I want to take a, a a step away from what we've been talking so far and actually talk about your journey as well. Right? I mean, um, prior to joining uh, Pepfry, you 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 spent a large part of your career working at Asian Paints, um, and which is when you're talking about the in-store experience. I was also thinking about the fact that there obviously be learnings from 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 your Asian Paints time. But as you moved from um, Asian Paints to Pepfry, have what have you had to almost relearn uh, and what have you had to unlearn uh, if i have to put it that way just in terms of um, not just how the companies work differently but i feel more in terms of just because uh, the sector shift of sorts uh, within the industry uh, what have you what have you had to evolve uh, what have you learned so i'll put it like this i think over the uh, i i think i've spent about 10 years with asian paints and now coming here uh, the journey has been like this i think the consumers are uh, fundamentally Uh, I wouldn't say similar. I think the the person you sell a chocolate to 
Okay, yeah. the or the home you sell the chocolate to and the home you sell the furniture to is the same. It doesn't change too much, right? right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So hence, I don't. The emotions of the consumer are very similar. I think what has changed mm-hmm. is how do they relate to the category differently? Because those are a lot of learnings differently, right? How does yeah. the same consumer relate to this category, which is a different story altogether? Uh, yes, I think like you said, Asian Paints has been a company which operates largely across. I mean, they're a large player across markets, right? And uh, there are great learnings in marketing that have come from there. I think the fundamental ABCs of sales or marketing that I've learned, I've picked it from there, right? Uh, that's it. What is the learning that carries forward, and what is that I had to unlearn or relearn? I'll put it like this, uh, mm-hmm. which is I think the fundamental operations. Of how do you reach out to a consumer? What do you? How do you? empathize with the consumer to give more right i think that's what is important yeah. because it's not about it's not about trying to figure out how do you catch the consumer or what do you get i think the empathy is the core of marketing for me and that's something that we would have picked from yeah. there uh, what do you have to unlearn is i would say that uh, here uh, pepperfry operates direct to consumer right in yeah. uh, asian means while we communicate to the consumer we the paint technically gets sold to a retailer who then sells it to a consumer right and hence a lot yeah. of the yeah. Work and effort happens, and also training all these channels to get that delivered. Whereas uh, here, the idea is, I think, on a day-to-day basis, we directly talk to the consumer, and uh, a sale that I do today has an impact today, right? And mm. a decision taken today has an impact in one hour. So I think the game that I have to unlearn and relearn is how do we like really excite the consumer on a daily basis and yeah. keep changing, right? And keep changing this category. So if you go to a regular consumer house. Okay, the approximation say, says that uh, they buy about three to four consumer pieces a, a year, right? And mm-hmm. they have about roughly about 81 pieces of furniture to furnishing in a house. It's a tentative random math by some reports. Now, the idea, yeah. is, okay. uh, the, the idea, idea is how do we really ensure two things? One is the consumer really finds us relevant to make that first purchase. And how do we mm-hmm. really make that 81 purchases ours or if not a large part of that come to us, which is a repeat purchase happening again and again. So I think the journey has been bad because here there's a lot of unlearning, relearning to understand the consumer needs to be communicated very differently. The -hmm. fundamental legs and levers of marketing that you employ and put more efficiency and energies on are different. So those have been, I think, the other game changes. No, early on you'd spoken about, you know, if a person moves from city to city, uh, the the experience kind of stays the same. They can pick up where they left off uh, as one way to kind of continue having a long-term relationship with the brand. What else have you seen are the needs for today for a consumer to say, especially in this category, um, to say that, okay, this is a brand I'm sticking to. This is a company I'm sticking to, to kind of, it's not just one purchase. It's like post-purchase. It's about uh, future purchases. How do you kind of keep that consistent um, just in terms of uh, for someone to keep coming back and to, because um, there is a large amount of trust that comes with it, but also a large amount of community building that comes with it as well. So um, how do you approach that aspect? Uh... So let me put it like this. I think uh, overall, when you look at furniture as a category, okay, and when we look at the market on, uh, let's say, top of mind recall and all, all the other regular parameters on spawn, etc. Yeah. I think uh, within the category with respect to furniture being a specialist, I think mm. uh, Fry still, you know, is up there, right? Up top up there of the ranks. So that people, when they think furniture as a category and players, if they have to relate, that's up there. Now, our job largely has been hence uh, while you have consumers coming on boarded because I said they have the triggers and barriers which we try to tackle. Why do they come back? Okay, and I think that's the larger part where we now work with because uh, we almost operate with about 50% of repeat purchases with us, right? Consumers come back, mm-hmm. people who have bought with us come back and buy. And this happens for two reasons. One is, let's say somebody has bought something very specific and like I 
they're not deluded too much, but the idea is there's, like say, millions of data points at backend, right? Using which, mm. if you could tell that consumer, now that you've purchased this, why don't you also buy something else which is very specifically linked to other 50 people who bought that, for example. Yeah. So one is uh, tailoring the communication or tailoring the purchase options for the consumer. And the second mm. thing that we, I think, do a lot is tailoring the communication for these consumers, which is, uh, we've seen that if you really want to work on repeat, one is they really love the brand and they found what they want when they came the first time. Second thing is also we we knock at their doors often to tell them that, you know, while you've bought this, why don't you try this something out? There's something new here, mm. right? And uh, when I talk yeah. about those 80 pieces of furniture and furnishings in home, they're, I mean, yeah. while, like you said earlier, while they're purchasing or not, there's definitely an add to cart happening, right? 100%, so, yeah. So our, our, uh, the large part of the work we do is how do we get people to get into their add-to-cart, right? So we keep showing them more options. People today are mm-hmm. also influenced by a lot of people around. So a lot of work that we do is regarding mm-hmm. that also. Because mm-hmm. uh, we work with a lot of architects, interior designer community on the ground. Through whom mm-hmm. who also, you know, uh, are, how do I say, influence the consumer decision. The idea is also mm-hmm. how do you make be relevant to them so that they influence to consumers. So that's one part we do. Yeah. The other part of influencers are also, uh, I would say today, a lot of people on social media in general also Mm. create a lot of brand love, if I might call it, right? Uh, So that's another community that we work with. I think there are a lot of people today we see uh, who post about great decor because I think a lot of my friends themselves over the lockdown Mm. because they're at home have all become decor uh, influencers Mm. online, right? Just because... (laughs) I yeah, love taking yeah. photos of great piece of stuff at home. So we are also, I think there's a lot of work we do with them because if people, we want to provide visibility to them on what is coming new, right? And secondly, we actively yeah. work with what is that they are really kicked about. So that's one set of influences. Yeah. And of course, I think the third part is uh, we have had the brand ambassadors, uh, Saif and Karina, you know, start join with us somewhere around the mid of last year. And that mm. is also another, how do I say, uh, a wider reach that they provide a lot more people they are able to reach out to through their communications that we have done with them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a mix of all of this that we, that we get the first time visits and yeah. also the repeats. Yeah. I think uh, the influencer part is interesting, right? Because you know it, what you said is is you almost categorize them as, okay, there are experts in the area who are who have influenced because people look at them saying, oh, these guys obviously know what they're doing. But also on the other end, you're showing consumers who are figuring ways to kind of so there's a relatability from a consumer standpoint. I think that that breakup is a very interesting way to break up how influencer strategy should be looked at. Um, I, I think across categories, because oftentimes everyone focuses on the second. Right? Okay, this person has reached. Let's use them for this. But area expertise, I feel, gives a lot more credibility when you kind of when that person kind of puts something out there. So I think that's an interesting takeaway for for anyone to pick up from. Um, so so is that influencer part? Do you see that growing in terms of? your marketing mix as, as, as it scales up? Yeah, so I think uh, one area that we are, uh, how do I put it, uh, pressing the pedal on, as in where we are really mm-hmm. accelerating on is this entire influencer piece. And while I put it together, right, I think mm-hmm. there is a lot of internal segmentation that we have done. And when I largely yeah. say that architects and interior designers are one large set of experts, like you talked about, that we put a lot mm-hmm. of energy on separately. And in fact, within mm-hmm. their tier also, we look at them at a segmented level differently, right? And how yeah. do we reach yeah. out to them? Because... Uh, a firm which is let's say operated for x number of years and a firm which is new mm-hmm. their ask demand aspirations to associate with a brand are very different right so that's yeah. how we operate very differently there similarly when you talk about uh, social media influencers because that's a totally mm-hmm. different piece right yeah and how yeah. that works is also i was just yesterday also telling my wife because uh, uh, i saw a movie review by a friend online right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i 
end up trusting that a lot more than the critic experts who post about that video, yeah. right? So, yeah. uh, so the while it's not about experts here now, it's more about trust and believability of what they've posted. And hence, yeah. I think relatability. Maybe that home does not look that home looks like it could be my home. For example, if somebody mm-hmm. posts, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So I think hence we are also working with a lot of. How do I say influences online? And when I say influence on ideas, not we're talking about people who have millions of fans, right? We are talking about yeah. people who really themselves take interest in taking care of their home. They might be mm-hmm. having thousand followers. They might be having two thousand. They might be having ten thousand. But people who really care about those little touches they provide to their home, we would really yeah. love working with them. So that's the other part we are actively operating on. So yes, to answer your question, these levers are something we are really pushing the pedal on, mm-hmm. and we you will see yeah. us doing a lot more there. Yes. Uh, one aspect that the audience of this podcast, um, I, I know they're always interested to know about, is that as this, as each space develops, what what kind of career opportunities are kind of opening up, which maybe weren't there a couple of years ago, um, and what kind of skill sets do you kind of look at when when you know when you look at the mix of your team, look at the kind of people you want to bring in. What do you look for in in people you want to kind of add to your team? Uh, so two parts. I think uh, in general we all talk about this internally. I think there are. F- People that I look for are, or we look for in general as an organization are those that have that spunk, if I might say, right? As in that added spark to do something hutke, okay, if I put it like that. I think because uh, it's still very easy to repeat what you're doing and optimize that, right? And keep getting great performance. What we here are looking for are folks who want to create impact, right? Number one. So uh, any day impact over optimization, while of course optimization is something we'll continue to do, but we need folks who come with that crazy idea they know they do not know it will work or fail but they have done their research to say why it will succeed and they want to try it out and those are folks that we invest in in general number one Mm. Uh, secondly Mm. i think uh, uh, also given that i told about influencers marketing story we're working a lot on those i think people who have a story to tell in general right and want to continuously Mm. keep telling stories of people we associate with because uh, Mm. uh, and secondly the third part of it is of course relatable to the teaching right so all three put together you know I've had a ton of learnings through this chat, not just in the sector, but how to kind of look at some aspects of it, even for other sectors as well. But actually, the the end part of every episode is actually me asking you questions which have nothing to do with anything we've spoken about so far. Um, and the idea is for people to kind of also get to know the, the people I'd speak to beyond the, what is professional, uh, if I have to put it that way. Beyond what you do at Webfry, what what keeps you uh, interested? What takes up your time that you like to spend a lot of time on beyond work? Uh, yeah, I think one thing is I spend a lot of time on in general fiction. And when I say fiction, it's either reading, watching, uh, all of that, mm-hmm. some mix of that. Second thing, uh, I think I'm gen- generally interested in music. So yeah. uh, while I listen to as much as I can, and I, I attempt singing when I'm at home, so that others mm. don't have to listen. It's only my wife who has to tolerate it. <laughs> <laughs> and my child, rather that they are my patient listeners. Uh, uh. Otherwise, yeah, I uh, with a friend of mine, I had started this thing long back where I used to play a lot of Scrabble. So mm. uh, that's something also I still with my wife or when we are at home or online, I spend time on. Have so you transitioned to Wordle now? Like everybody else seems to yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the current craze. So yes. <laughs> So yeah, that's a couple of things that I also enjoy photography if I could get time, but uh, off late, mm. extremely less on that. Yeah. If if you didn't do what you were doing, what what was the other, was there ever another career which you thought you might want to do, or was this uh, always one of the core ones there? What what else would you have been if you weren't this? 
so when i was in 9th standard i thought i'll become an aeronautical engineer so <laughs> rockets and spaceships maybe you know that's where yeah. uh, long yeah. back i had but then i think over my career i did a couple of uh, internships in that space etc and somehow i ended up in marketing <laughs> <laughs> I think at some point in time, all of us wanted to do something that is either in the air or in space. And weirdly enough, I don't know if you ever got this advice. I got, someone told me you have glasses, so you can't do anything in this space. Uh, was weirdly, I've had at least four people tell me that when I was a kid, in hindsight, made no sense because it's not, you only, I don't think you only can't be a pilot if you have glasses. But yes, uh, I don't know if you ever got that piece of advice from anyone. Not yet, not yet, but that's an interesting piece of advice. <laughs> What can you put together in an instant? What can I put together in an instant? I can pick up random songs and put random lyrics to it and sing. Because I don't, I am a, as music and lyrics person, I'm more of a music person than lyrics. So uh, my wife says, uh, where did this lyric come from? So. <laughs> in all these, in all these episodes that we've done on this show, this has been an answer I've never gotten. Right? It is one of those like, so I always try to pick like the, which are the unique ones which I, which have never been brought up? This would have to be the first. Um, uh, you you also mentioned that you consume a lot of fiction, right? Anything that um, uh, you know that you've read, watched, or listened to recently that you recommend? Uh, anything that I've watched recently? Uh, so this is an old movie. I just ended up watching it again. So mm. so hence uh, uh, I would just recommend that it's Moneyball. So I just ended up watching mm. it again recently. And I think for, for some reason, keeps staying. It's interesting fiction, reality, mix of all put together, right? So I think that's something I would yeah, recommend right now. Um, thank you so much, Navin. Thanks thanks for coming on the show. Um, it's it's an it's an exciting sector and I'm happy it's finally a sector that's, that's exciting for everyone. Um, and more than anything else, I, I think that there's a ton of insights that you want to kind of take from this and, and kind of um, build into their thought process as professionals, as marketers, etc. So thanks for coming on. Advertising is dead, uh, and uh, and sharing all of this with us. I had a great time too, Varun. I think it's uh, it's been a while, but it was it was a great interaction. If you like this podcast and you want to listen to more podcasts like this, head over to the IBM Podcast website or app, or where you get your podcast from, and look at all the podcasts that IBM makes. There's some really fun stuff there.